0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks. Tonight we have with us a very, very dear friend of Chazak, a man that really needs no introduction, Baruch Hashem Hashem. Thank God the community has got to hear and see the Rav in action, giving amazing, inspiring lessons. Welcome Rabbi Yitzchak Bishriski Shlita to the program. How are you doing, Rabbi? Baruch
1: Hashem. Thank you, Rabbi Anir.
0: It is our honor, our uh, our merit to have the Rabbi on the program. I want to apologize to the audience uh, last week we did not have a program, but Baruch Hashem, we have a good excuse, Baruch Hashem, uh, my wife had a baby boy, Baruch Hashem, last week, and uh, Baruch Hashem, this morning we had the Brit, so uh, it should only be smachot, only happy occasions, and we're back with a very, very special guest, Rabbi Ristrisky, and we're going to be discussing tonight the revolution of Hasidus, which is uh, sounding very, very exciting, but before we get to the topic, Rabbi Riski Shlita, a very, very dear friend, and I'm so excited the Rabbi is uh, with us, could you just tell the Oilam the world uh, a little bit about yourself and about the holy work of Mikfi you say that you're involved with.
1: Before I talk about myself, let me just talk about you for a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> it's such a simcha of the whole Chabra. When you have a simcha, Rav Yanev, we're all happy. And I was thinking that, you know, it's a Sefardic Mosad, and you named your baby iron leg partially after Arun Leib Steinement. So you got the, the Litvisha and the Svaidim, so we got to talk about Chassidus, you know, we can't leave the <laughs> out. Well, nice, mention, nice. you mentioned USA, Mikfee USA Baruch Hashem, uh, we already had a hand in establishing 95 Mikveh, you know of the Mikveh in, in Faris as- Baruch, Baruch Hashem that we helped out a little, and that Tzloch over there Baruch Hashem we all know about, and it's great to be able to be part of it and to be, uh, to be, you know, get new friends and new shutfim and new partners and spreading to kol al Yisrael, and uh, it's
0: wonderful. Baruch Hashem. Okay, beautiful, Rabbi Birsurski. Yes, I know very well that uh, not were you, not that you Mikvah USA helped a little, but if it wasn't for Mikvah USA, then Mikvah would still not be ready. So we're forever grateful for that. But not only that community, but all communities. Baruch Hashem, Hashem, thank God. I know that many communities have told me that if it wasn't for Mikveh say they would not have a Mikvah in their community. So, Kali so said, the Jewish people, everyone should be very thankful to you and to your entire amazing staff and, and team at you say that do unbelievable. Well, we're going to have a whole class of future Torah talking with the Rabbi about Tahara, about Mikvah. But tonight, as we said, the topic is revolution of Hasidus. So, Rabbi, what did Hasidus revolutionize, Rabbi? Let's jump into it. You know, it's a great
1: question. I want to tell you a story. It was in Yishalayim. There was a Hasidic Jew. His name was Rabnata Reb Nota, Nota Zenwit, his name was. And there was a Lutva Shayid, also a great man in Yishlayim. He talked about like the couple of greatest people that Jerusalem had to offer. His name was Rabbabel Trechik. And one time he's going walking down the street and he meets Rabnata Zenwit and he says, Notta, before Hasidus, the Eden was empty, the paradise was empty. There was no tzaddikim there. What happened before the Hasidim came around? Like, what did Hasidus really What did they? What What were the news in Hasidus? So he says like this: Before Hasidus came around, the Ganadin wasn't empty. But Hasidus came and gave it a geschmack. They gave the Ghanadin a geschmack. They put in a geschmack into things. That was one of the main things, the main messages of Hasidus to serve Hashem with simcha, to put in the simcha and to avoid Hashem and to filler everything, to have an upbeat, positive attitude. You know, I'm reminding myself now that the Tanya says that if someone is, not only if he's in the middle of davening and he gets like thoughts that, you know, you sinned and you did this and you did that, not only if he's in the middle of davening or learning, even if he's in the middle of a business deal and it comes in such thoughts of avedis you should know that that's the Etzahara. The the Zahara is, is into that. And and that's Hasidus. Hasidus is to try to bring in the avoidus HaSimcha into life. Be happy, be happy with your Shabbos, be happy with your Kedusha, with whatever we have, we should be happy and don't focus on the downside of things. Now, Hasidus really is like, I would say maybe there's like a two-pronged thing because we find that by the Balshamta, he had like the greatest and the greatest uh that there was in the generation and they were into the kabbalah as we see in this forum many are uh, like focused on kabbalah and part of the message of chasidus is to bring kabbalah into everyday life i means it's not only the concepts of learning kabbalah which uh, many places learned it, but even people that don't learn Kabbalah, there's certain things of Kabbalah, of the Balshamta, of the Hasidic, that he brought in the Kabbalah into everyday life. Um, for instance, they have more focusing on the Avodah sahila like even someone that's not in the Kabbalah, but he knows, like, you know, every Bacha you'll ask, every boy you'll ask, a Hasidic boy, there's something that's necites you know, the sparks of godliness that there is in the food that we have, you know there's certain concepts that we the Balshanta brought into everyday life, even for plain people. And so it's really a two-pronged revolution. There was a revolution of the 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 greats of the Hasidic masters that it was a that you know became like a real revolution from the Balshentav and the afterwards. and Magid will speak later maybe a little about it. And then there was for the masses the masses were introduced to a new type of avayda, to, to, to know, no one ever spoke to them, how, how worthy they are, how hush they are, that everyone has their neshama, everyone has their soul, everyone has a fire burning in their hearts, and even if you're you know, you're not the Talmud Chachem, and even if you're worse than not the Talmud Chachem, even if you're someone that, you know, fell, falls in sometimes to the Yetzirah, you have a good in you and you got to keep it up and don't get full, don't get to by yourself, don't get broken, don't let that Yetzirah break you. And that's probably one of the greatest things that Hasid is brought in, but really. Uh, you know, when I was asked this talk, you know, we were speaking about the topic of Hasidus. Hasidus is such a broad, it's like, ask yourself, and, you know, talk about medicine. You know, mm-hmm. so I think tonight we'll try to focus more on the Polish Hasidus, the Poland, the Hasidus of Poland. You know, we're talking about the great masters of the Baal Shemte. If you look into the Hagdama, into the preface of a sefer from the Magid of Mezrich, the Magid of Mezrich, was like the, the main Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov, the disciple of the Baal Shem Tov that really took over his place. And if you look at the Akdamit there, he has a Talmud, a great Talmud in his own right. And he writes his conversations that he had with the Magida. that the Magad told him how the Baal Shem Tov knew, he knew all the things from the Ari of how he understood the language of the birds. He understood the language of the trees. He had Gilea, Leo, Elio used to be Magal himself to him. And and these were you know great, great people. So the, the Talmud asked the Basham, asked the Maggid of Mizrich, Rapslam, he asked his Rebbe, the Maggid of Mizrich. So so you told me, Rebbe, that the Basham taught you everything. So you should also be able to know. So he says, why should I I should
0: Rabbi the screen stopped for a second? Are you still there, Rabbi? Yes, I'm here. We hear you, Rabbi, yeah. We hear you, but we don't yes. see you. So let's, let's oh, perfect. So,
1: so what I mean to say is that it's like, the, really, it was a revolution for the greats and a revolution for the masses. Amazing. So today we'll focus on the Hasidists so, in Poland.
0: So Rabbi, maybe you can familiarize us with some of the leaders of the Hasidic uh, community in Poland?
1: Yeah. So really it went like this. It was the Balshamtor. Balshamtor had many students. But the one that really was like uh, took over the teaching on establishing the new students and to the next generation was the Magad of Mizrich. The Magad of Mizrich, you know, I remember who one of the Tzaddikim said that the Shechinah went from Mezbish to Mizrich. That means that he took over the Hasidus, the leadership of the Hasidus. He had one of, you hear me?
0: We hear you, Rabbi. Yeah, but uh, the screen once one again. The,
1: okay, he's working on it. Um, one of the Talmidim was called Rabbi Elimelech of Lezant, which I'm, you probably heard of. The name Elimelech, everyone goes to him and to his caver. Now, Rabbi Elimelech of Lezant was like, you know, he was considered one of the greatest Talmidim of the Mizritcha Magid. And, by, and he had many students, one of his students was the Choyza of Lublin, Rabbi Akiv Yitzchak of Lublin. Now Rabbi Yitzhak of Lublin, all the Rabbis of the next generation in Poland and Galicia, which is also like next to Poland, was were his Talmudim, were his disciples. I'm talking about the Rab Shetzirah, and of all types, you know, they, they were all his Talmudim, and he had a Talmud that was called the Yidak Kodesh, the Holy Jew. He was called the Yid of Peshitzcha. And the Yid of Peshitzcha, his name was of Yitzchak. And he even started to lead a following when his Rebbe was still living, when the Chayza of Lublin was still living. Now, the Chayza of Lublin himself was the reason why he's called Chayza is because he was able to see his Ruch HaKadosh he was able to see in very far places. He said, <laughs> So Isamidim, he was like revered. You know, they used to say that in Galicia, he was like Moshe Rabbeinu. You know what I mean? He was like looked up to. Him. And the Yida Kaddish of the Shitzcha, he started uh, leadership of his own disciples. He started when his Rebbe was still living even. That means he was like one of the greatest Talmudim of the Chais of Lublin. He had a student called the Rebbe Abunim of Peshescha, and our main focus tonight will be on him. The Rebbe Abunim of Peshescha, just to get an idea, uh, those that know a little of Polish Hasidus, of the Poland Hasidus in Poland, they, the Kotzka Rebbe was his disciple, his Talmud. The Chedusha of Ger was his Talmud the the Alexander Rebbe, Rabbi Alexander was his Talmud these are all dynasties that you know came out from the, these are all his students the greatest dynasties in Poland are his students and more or less we'll focus on the Rebbe Rabunim of Peshitzcha tonight Surat, now the, Yida, yeah. the Yida Kaddish um, the Rizhina said on him just we should get an idea who we're talking about the Rizhina said on him that he was Younger than, than all of the students, but he was greater than all the students of the Chayza. Sure. So we're talking about like, you know, real, I don't think there was ma- much esnagdus on Peshitzcha. Peshitzcha had much esnagdus. There was a, a much opponents. There were many opponents to the way of Peshitzcha. There was a certain newness in his, he was like, there was an original... Uh, an original way of thinking, an original way of serving Hashem. The Rebbe himself really was a, he was, he was a seicher. They used to say that between the seicher, he was a merchant, he was a pharmacist. Um, they used to say between the business people, he's a chassid, and between the chassidim, he's a seicher. So, you know, he had like, he was a worldly, and he, his main, yeah, he was he was very, very revered in, in uh, Pailan.
0: So, so, so Rabbi Vistursky, what was the, the message that Pistichok tried to convey? Like, what was his main uh, message?
1: Okay, it's hard to say, uh, to pinpoint it. First of all, let's talk about Rabbi Bunam a little more for a minute. Sure. His Talmud was Rabbi Yitzhak Avurka. If you ever heard of Amshonov, Amshonov comes out of Rabbi Yitzhak Avurka. And Revit Burka was his Talmud. And someone once asked him, what are you so busy with your Rebbe? Like, you know, you make him like, you know, what are you? Mm-hmm. He said, I have to tell you something. In Tanakh, we see that now became to, to Elisha. And, and Elisha, he was like a farmer. He was, he was someone that had the Hamus. he had animals and uh, he had a farm. And he was busy with his animals, like a shepherd. And Elisha and Eliola came and took his cloak, his aderas, and threw it on Elisha. And all of a sudden, Elisha, he took his his behemoth, and he shechted his behemoth, he slaughtered the behemoth, and he gave it out to the townspeople. He took the kalim that he had, and he went and burned the farm farm, uh, utensils, he burned them. That's what it says in And then he took the, the meat and he gave it out to the, all the townspeople. And he ran after Elio. And Elio is asking him, what did I do to you? So he answers him, he says, what do you mean? What did it he ran to his parents and he said goodbye to his parents and he ran after Elio? And that's how it was till Eliyahu went and the only one, he was Elisha was to be Makabal Pishnayim, he got a double portion of spirituality when he saw Eliyoh anovi going to heaven. Says Rabbi Yitzhak that's how Yabunim was. When he took his, his Talmud, when he took a plain person's hand into his hand, that man had a total change in his, in his life. He had a total change. He lit, he lit a fire in his heart. He was ready, you know what his Lashua was? He was ready to kiss Hashem. He got so, the person got so inflamed with the Havas Hashem that he went to look for Hashem wherever he could. That was, that, that was the Rebbe Rebunim. He was able to bring in a, a fire in people's hearts to avoid Hashem. And when they asked Rebbe Yitzvah Gavurka, what is, what, he had a friend, Rebbe Yitzvah Gavurka, that was a great man, but he was a misnaget to Rebbe Rabunin. He was an opponent to the new uh, revolution in Poland, Hasidus. And he used to talk badly on the rabbi And Rabbi Yitzhak Aburka never answered. And even though he was a student of Rabbi Rabbonim, so it would have been like, you know, uh, he should have answered and stuck up for his rabbi. He never stuck up for his rabbi. And they asked him, Rabbi Yitzhak Avurka, why don't you stick up for your rabbi? How can you be quiet when he's embarrassing and insulting your rabbi? So he says, I got to tell you a story what happened. I was once on the road, and a guy passes by, and he looks me in the face, And he looks and looks and looks and i'm looking at him what are you looking at and he doesn't answer me he goes further all of a sudden from the same direction someone else comes running and he looks at me and he looks and looks and looks and then he gives a scream to the guy it's him it's him and okay i don't know what to do then all of a sudden a lady comes running a lady with some other people and she says yeah yeah it's him it's him it's my husband so they started cursing me because this lady's husband left her for many years and she was an aguna. She was alone. And they, it was so many years that he had some similarity in his face to this, uh, to this person. And they started cursing him, you Russia, you leave alone your wife. And they started hitting him and cursing him, and they brought him to the road. He should give a get. He says, Did I have any? Kindness, that I have anything in my heart against all these people. I knew that it's a mistaken identity. I didn't they, they, they're embarrassing they're embarrassing someone else. They don't know that it's a mistaken identity. So he says, when he when they talk on my Rebbe, it's a mistaken identity. They're not at fault, they don't know him. So that was that was the Rebbe Rabunin, someone that it was possible not to know. Now, the we could say that maybe the Hasidus of Peshischa was to use all their capabilities, use all your chachma, your wisdom. Usually if you have, you know, uh, people will serve Hashem, they were just the opposite. The chachamim were the most chachim. Why? Because they used all their chachma. Don't be, you know, everyone has their chachma. You know, it says in Tanad Ve'lio, it says, that is someone, I think Reb Rebunin says this, uh, this thing that in, in Tandit Velio, it says that he met a person and the person said, and he, he told the person, Why aren't you he says, I don't have any wisdom. I don't have chokmah. I don't understand. Her. She says, what do you do for a living? He says, I'm a fisherman. I, I go for, I catch fish. How do you make your nets? What do you mean how? I shows him how you make a net and how you do And what else do you do? You, how do you know when to throw down the net The net and so on and so, on and so forth? Isn't that a chachma? He says, you Chach- chachma being efficient. so you do have chachma, right? So the Rebbe says, al is trying to tell him that each of us has his capabilities. We're just lazy to use it and our way to do things is to use your greatest chachma to, to reach tmimus. That means we have to realize this, that chachma and tmimus. k'mimus means the plain uh, accepting, being straight, a taman, being whole, is not a contradicting Chachma, just the opposite. The more a person is, uses his Chachma for Hashem, the more Tommen he is. He's more accepting of Hashem's will. That was Pshischa. Pshischa was use all your koiches, all your potential, all your strengths, all your Chachma used to serve Hashem. And you should come to such a madrega of chachma to realize that only Hashem is the one that makes a difference, that being poor and being rich should be the same by you. To be, have honor and have embarrassment and insult meaning should be the same by you. And to have pain and to be at peace should also be the same at you. That was pshischa. Come to a madrega to be so tiyam, Hashem to be so clear by yourself that Hashem is the one that does the best for you, you should have such a clarity in that that you should be able to have I think that that's part of what of what Pshischa is all about.
0: Unbelievable. Wow. Amazing. Unbelievable. Did Rabbi Vistrisky, did, did all the Talmud all the students of Pshischa go on the same path like their Rabbi?
1: No. You have to understand that in Pshischa, that was uh, like the worst thing you could say, that you gotta be like this. Eleihei maseicha leisatze lecha. means literally that don't, don't uh, make yourself avai don't make a form of a zara. Now, if you, that, that's what they used to say in the If you tell someone you gotta do this, you have to daven like this, you gotta learn like this, you have to do chesed like this, that's making a form of a person. You're Abolishing your individuality, that was the opposite of pshischa. Pshischa mm-hmm. was that everyone has to find himself in, find their own derech in Avedis Hashem. That means that the way, when they came to pshischa, when they came to their Rebbe, the thing was, uh, bimagala, reveal what's inside me. Help me, Rabbi, to take off that dirt that's covering my soul. But that when the, my soul, my soul is my soul and your soul is your soul. You know, a wise man once said, life's so short, don't live someone else's life. <laughs> you know, you gotta, that was pshischa. Pshischa was to be individuality. They used to say that eggs of a chicken look all the same, but stones, uh, when you come to diamonds, each one, has, you'll ask that maven, he'll be able to tell you right away, you know, which one is like this, that they're not the same, we're diamonds, we're not chicken eggs, we gotta, we have to realize that, 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 that's how who was, there were people that used to daven quietly, and there were people that used to uh, da- scream by davening, there were people that used to learn the ian. you know, in depth, And people that used to learn the keys. And there were people that learned more and and were Isaac more in tefillah, in prayer. And then there were people that uh, were Isaac more in Torah. You know, there was no Elihei Maseicha. There wasn't a form that you had to follow. Every person had his own way. And that when we look at the Talmudim of Shizcha, you could see it so clearly. The Kotzker Rebbe was like the extremist of the extremists. Probably about all the rabbis, he was like the extreme. He used to say that horses walk in the middle, the men walk on the side. If you want to be, if you want to walk in the middle and not be an extremist, you, you're a horse. you the a person that wants to get somewhere. He was an extremist. He said that you have to climb and and push yourself all till the end. He used to say. That's mm-hmm. why in Kots, if someone was like, to, even a little, not L'shem Shemayim, it was a problem. It was a major problem in Kots. Now, Vurka, which is Revit's Vurka, and he was best buddies with the Kotz Rebbe, best, best buddies. What was Revit's Gavurka? Havah loving the Jews. And they were best buddies. You know, the Kotzka Rebbe once came by the side of of Pshischa. He came to Pshischa to be at the caver. And he, he, went, he went out and he meets his friend, Rabbi Yitzhak, and he tells him, Itzha, you know that I'm not a kaver I'm not someone that comes to graves. You know why I came? I came here to meet you. And they were such good friends with such different ways in Avodah Hashem. And then you have uh, a ger. Ger was Torah. That was the main thing in Ger, Torah. And ger was, yes, a middle way. They tried, you know, they were... They used to be Makar of everyone. Gay was a much larger Kotsk, Kotsk. was just the opposite. They chased away people. Kotsky really, if someone that was in Kotsk, they used to chase away people. Gay was not like that. Gay was more like the regular. And it was Taira. And it, so everyone had their own mahalach in, in pshischa. If I may say it by the Rebbe Rabrabunan, he says by the Muchhemis Midian, it says Hatsava Bazazu Ishloi. There was a war of Midian, and Moshe Revenu said how much you have to give. Hashem said you have to give one out of 50 achuz and one out of 500, everything to the Mishka and to them and to them. And then there were people that, you know, okay, I gained some stuff at the war. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be menadith to the Beis Mikdash. Ish <laughs> anche ha bazuzu. they took from the cheyrem, and they, some held more for themselves, ish loy. They didn't look at the other people, how much the other one gave. Ish, loy, every person had his own, he had his own chesben, his own way of making a decision how much tzedaki he should give. He didn't look how much the other person is doing. And that's pshischa. Be yourself. You know, they used to make fun. If someone was uh, davened like... uh, you know loud or something and they felt that it wasn't l'shem shamayim it wasn't totally truthful that was the worst thing you had to be truthful you could do whatever you want as long as you mean it seriously you don't do it to flout and to and you know to be uh uh you know to just show people they used to say like this if someone is in the if someone's drowning yeah someone's drowning so what does he do he waves his hand and he screams Does anyone have anything, any kindness? Anyone say, hey, what are you doing? No, everyone understands it. But if someone's standing on the beach and they'll do the same thing, they'll say, hey, mister, you're off your rockets. What are you doing? The same thing is like that. If someone feels in Tvila that he's, that he he, 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 is burning in his heart and he screams and he, and he, and he does, you know, there's once a story with the Chaltkeva. In Rizim, they used to dive him quietly. And someone once came, in Stalin, there was Karlin. They used to daven loud and scream. And someone once came, like Wednesday, he walks into the church of the Rebbe in Vim, and he says, listen, I don't have a way to daven. I want to come daven Shabbos by you, but I have to scream because my Rebbe in Stalin, they scream by davening. And I know that by you and, and your shul, they don't scream. I just want to ask permission. So the church of the Rebbe said, no, I don't give you permission. You can't scream in shul. And then what happened... To be, this was a, a, a good person, and he came to Shul with the intention of being quiet a whole davening. But in the middle, he came to Nishmas and he started screaming. <laughs> and then afterwards, he got scared because the Chad Rebbe was a great person, and he only let him come. He told him that he can't scream by davening. So after Shabbos, he goes into the Chodkvi Rebbe and he says, Rabbi, wanna, I wanna ask for forgiveness. So he says, Why do, What's the problem? He said, Because I screamed by davening. By davening. If you come Wednesday and you say you're going to scream by davening Shabbos, that's not okay. But if you come Shabbos, that means it's, it, the scream comes out of you, it's natural, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't come Wednesday and, and you know say that Shabbos, I'm going to come and scream. Don't make an appointment. Shabbos so that... was the main thing that you got to be truthful. And... I'll just add one thing. If if you give me the two, three minutes, let me just add one thing. The Indian of Simcha, what we spoke about was by all Hasidim, but in Shischa, there was a great focus on the Indian. Truthfully, all Hasidism had this focus on Simcha. Shischa was very, very focused on Simcha. And I'll tell there's a story that someone, he was a saichi, he was a merchant, and uh, he was once by a ship and they were loading the ship. And a guy slipped off the ramp, and he slipped into the ocean. And it was very yeah. it, was, it was stormy, and he was drowning. The guy was drowning, and everyone was standing on the on the on the beach on the by the by the pier. Yeah. And they throw him something, throwing it up. And Rabbi he was standing there. Yeah. That yeah. to the guy. Oh, you, send regards to the Leviathan, to the great fish. Don't forget, send regards to him when you go. And everyone started laughing, but then they started being serious. But then the guy, all of a sudden, they saw the guy caught on to a piece of wood and he saved himself. So they asked Rebbe Rebunim afterwards, what did you do, what is it? He said, I saw that this dinam is this guy is drowning. Simcha is something that takes away the dinim on a person, the, the, the judgments on a person, the bad judgments on a person. Simcha takes it away. And there was once a sick person that came to Rebbe and he told him, you know, my son is so sick. He's someone, the Alexander Eber. Okay, my son is so sick. I, I, All the doctors are giving up on him. So he said, I don't have an answer for you. I don't have advice for you. I don't have this one thing I could tell you that will help. If you'll be the Simcha, then it will help. So he went out and he bought vodka and bourbon and what else? This scotch and he... Bought meat and he came. He took together a bunch of Hasidim and they made a big seder and they were all happy. And the guy writes and they the besyanke that my son had a refuah because simcha. The Rebbe held felt that's going to give them. And you know what he said? Even this is this is a bomb. He says, "How come we see that the the el- the Hasidim, you know the Frumis they don't have so much panasa like the." Like the plain, like the Hamoynam, like the Amiratsim, like the Ibn like like and the ones that aren't so holy shmoli. Why do we see that? He says, you know why? Because they're more besimcha. Even though they're not so erlich. They're not so uh, holy like the like the Chesidim. But the Chassidim, because they're so into that, like the Avayda's Hashem, they forget to be besimcha, and that's why they don't have panasa so much. If they would have more simcha, then they would have more panasar. So I guess it's a... It's a great thing. There is also not from the Rebbe Rabunin, from the Choz of Lublin. He says that the pasuk says v'lay sh- v'lay shasu edyum after the chet after the sin of the eagle. They said shasu edyum the abalu. They didn't put their crowns on their head. Klal Yisrael lost their crowns by the chet eagle the and they were mourning. So he says the Rebbe from Lublin that was the main <laughs> wound to the ego. The main sin was that afterwards they lost their faith in themselves. They didn't realize they still have a crown. They forgot that I still have a crown. I still have, I'm still, I'm still not worthless. And that was the main sin that got them down. It was after the ego was the main sin.
0: Amazing, Rabbi Mishuski. I love this topic of simcha of happiness. And if you do the simcha, we have to always serve Hashem with happiness. And uh, the time is getting a little bit late, Rabbi. So we're going to yeah. jump into the last and final question, which is a final message, Rabbi, to put it all together, to sum it all together of, uh, of, of tonight's topic or in general for our broader audience, Rabbi Vestrisky Shlita.
1: So I'll sum it up maybe with this, with this. And then we'll just say one more thing about Mashiach and it's over 60 seconds. <laughs> the Choyza of Lublin says, which is Poland, Poland Chasidis. What's Veloisa Suru? Achrei Lubavchem, Chazal tell us the and say is Mus and Kfira, like the two worst things that, you know, till today, those are the two main challenges that we could say is Kedusha and Amuna. But someone fell into that. He's Achrei Lubavchem, Achrei You know what the Rebbe from Lublin says? He says, Veloisa Suru. Sasuru, he says, is a Lashan of Katir. When we say kosher umatir, tying up and untying. Velois Sasuru, your of Afhem, you fell into Znos, you fell into kfira. Sasuru, don't untie the knot that you have with Hashem. Don't get untied from Hashem. You got to keep the kesher. Keep that kesher with Hashem. And then we'll just finalize what it's about. Mashiach. The Rebbe Rabunim said that I could have. You have to understand what went on in Pshischa. It was a holy factory in Pshischa. Him with his Talmidim. There was a fire, like you know, the Rim, The first Ger Rebbe says that till Rebbe Rabunim, all the rabbis were a pirish on 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 the Balshemta. From Rebbe Rabunim till Mashiach, all the rabbis are going to be a pirish on Rebbe Rabunin, that means it was a real fire, and Rebbe said, I could bring Mashiach, but I don't want other tzaddikim to feel bad, they're going to say, who brought you Rebbe Rabunim?' I don't want them to feel bad, that's why I'm not bringing Mashiach, so Rabbi Aaron Kotler once asked the Chassid, hey, what is that, he's not going to bring Mashiach because someone's going to feel bad a little, so the Chassid answered him, I don't know what you want, Rosh Hashiva, the Moshe Rabenu said, I Hashem is telling him, go take the Jews out of Mitsraim. They're in a terrible suffering. Moshe ben says, No, no, I'm not going. To send someone else. What do you mean? Go and run and take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. You don't shepherd your brother. Don't shame your brother. Listen. So we see that uh, Rabunan, but I think today no one's gonna get insulted if the comes, so Hashem should help. The should come, but Mary Amen.
0: Uh, Amen, Rabbi Yitzchak Ristriski, Shlita, what chizuk, what inspiration, a whole new outlook on the topic of chasidut. We hope to have the Rabbi in the future in the, the t- timely Tuesday Torah Talks. And we obviously have the Rabbi every Thursday and also Timeless Tidbits and many other programs that the Rabbi speaks at. Rabbi Ristriski, I want to thank you on behalf of Christ and the entire Jewish people for all that you do for us. We really appreciate it. Should go. It doesn't go unnoticed. Same here, Rabbi Yenel. Yes, we are from partners in changing the world and making the world a better place. We want to thank all of you for logging in and joining us for today's special, tonight's special program that we have of Rabbi Sfrisky. next week is the Chazak charity campaign. We will be taking a week off, one week off, so that we can have many, many other weeks. It's, as everybody knows, is our uh, yearly main campaign. Every dollar becomes two dollars. You could already pre-donate. Today, give chazak.com, give ch dot com and uh, we ask from everyone to join. And if anybody wants to be ambassadors and team members, we already have over three hundred teams, people, individuals that have gotten involved, and we look forward to seeing the Giulash Malik Rabbi Vaski said and amen v'amen.